Hallelujah. You know, I, th- I think it was yesterday I got to thinking about God's goodness, and I thought of my journey through my whole life. And, you know, I couldn't remember one time when I ever missed a meal or was hungry or without clothes or without uh, provision or cold or anything. Amen. Hadn't always been what you call overabundance, but I never remember being without. And here we are, 66 years old, and you know what? As David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. Amen. See? So we've got to trust him. It doesn't matter what does Habakkuk say. No herd in the stall. Nothing, nothing anywhere. Yet will I rejoice in God my Savior. I will joy in the God of my strength. Amen? So don't get all caught up with what they're saying might happen when you fall off the cliff come the first of the year. You know what? If you fall off the cliff, there'll be a nice place to land when you hit the bottom. Amen? Might be a good time to float. How many of you had dreams where you just kind of floated through there? Oh, I see those hands. I used to enjoy going to bed because I knew the first thing I was going to do when I went and hit the bed was fly. It's an exhilarating feeling. I'd like to have another one of them dreams. Amen? It is real. It is real. So I'm glad I'm not the only one out there. Father, we thank you for your word, and Lord, we just thank you for your so special gift to us, the gift of your son. And Father, we just thank you, Lord, for what you're doing today in our lives. And Lord, we know the scripture says that you that began a good work in us will perform it and finish it. And Lord, we know that according to the scriptures, you create, you started that work before the foundation of the world. And you're well able to complete that which you started in us until the day of the Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that we can rest in that word and in your peace. And we just give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. You know, we, a couple of weeks ago, we was talking about God's gifts. 2 Corinthians 9, 15 says, Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. And what... what we was talking about a while ago is that God so loved the world that while you were yet a sinner, in your sin, God gave us his son. While we were yet sinners, he gave us his son freely. You remember in John 4 when Jesus was talking to a woman at the well. And he said, if you knew the gift of God and he it was that would stand before you, you would ask and he'd give you living water and you'll never thirst again. If you knew the gift of God. See, we need to know the gift of God because Christ is God's gift to the world. Christ is God. What does Emmanuel mean? God with us. What did Jesus say? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Christ is God manifest to us. God's goodness manifest to us is who Christ is. And what does the Bible say that God is? It doesn't say much about what God is, but it does say that God is love. And in him is no darkness of all, at all. And he said he would give us a new heart, Ezekiel 36, 26, and a new spirit. He'd take away the stony heart and give us a heart of flesh. In Jeremiah 24, 7, I'll give you a heart to know me. In Hebrews chapter 8, he says what? He says, I'll put my word in your heart, and you'll be my people, and I'll be your God. And you'll not say to your neighbor, know the Lord, because you're all going to know me. And what is he? He's love. God is love. And we're going to talk about God's love today. We're going to look at some aspects of that. You know, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it is what? Righteousness, peace, 
and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's God. That's his kingdom. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of God's love. I don't know if we can grasp that. We've been so beat up with religion all these years that it's hard for us to see the love of God. All we see is how far we fall short because that's what we've been fed all these years. But God's kingdom is a kingdom of love. Jesus said to the Pharisees in John 5, 42, he said, Jesus said, you know, he said to the Pharisees, but I know you that you have not the love of God in you. That's quite a statement, isn't it? To the Pharisees, the ones that knew his word, that could quote his word, that had it memorized in his heart. And he says, and you have not the love of God in you. So what's the key? Is having God's love in you. God sent his son that we might receive that gift of his love. And so in receiving that gift, you've got to receive that gift. And Jesus says the kingdom of God is within you. Where is it? It's within you. It's that new creation that he's put within us. He's come that that kingdom of love may be in us. 1 John 4, 7, and 8 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. We used to sing that. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knows God. And he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. So here you got it. You got love on one side, and you don't know love on the other side. If you're born again, that's how you know you pass from death into life. Because why? First John, you love the brethren. That's the only way you can do it. We know we pass from death into life is because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Amen? You know, in Ephesians chapter 4, I want to look over here. You know, when God began to teach us more and more about the grace of God in our lives, and uh, just a few years ago, it wasn't probably four years ago when I would take people through ministry, and I'd talk to them about, that. come down Matthew 18, if you don't forgive, he won't forgive you. You know, I'd take them through that parable. You know, God forgave you all this, and if you don't forgive, uh, he won't forgive you. So you've got to forgive those that hurt you and those that wounded you. And uh, Wayne and I were studying it one day, and he said, that's not true. God loved us and forgave us while we were yet sinners. He was talking to people that was under the law. The law said, if you don't, you can't. But God gave it to us while we were yet sinners. He forgave us while we were yet sinners. And we begin to see that, you know, in the new covenant, it's a little different. We don't forgive to get forgiveness. Ephesians 4, 32, let me read this, verse 31. Let's go uh, up here a little bit. He's talking to us, and he says, uh, you know, put off the old man. And put on the new man, verse 24. And you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Put away lying, speaking every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one another. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the things that are good, that he may have, uh, have to give to him that needs. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. See, that's a choice you make. And he says... Uh, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister what? To the hearers. 
Ah, the gospel of grace. Okay. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. So let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Let it all go. Now here's verse 32 was after. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, <clears throat> even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. See, under the law, if you don't forgive, you're not forgiven. Right. Under grace, you forgive because you are forgiven. Do you catch that? You forgive. He gives you the power to forgive because you are forgiven. That's the difference. You don't give, you forgive to get. You forgive because you already got. Even as. That's Colossians, isn't it? Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you, you also forgive one another. But verse, it goes on into the next Verse 5, Ephesians 5, 1. Be ye therefore. Why is that? Because be kind, tenderhearted, one another, forgiven one another, either as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Therefore, be ye followers of, of God as dear children and walk in love. What are we to walk in? Walk in the Spirit, walk in love. Okay. What did Jesus say? It's obvious that God is love and God is good. We talked about God's goodness and how good he is. And we see that Christ is a manifestation of God who is love. And the Holy Spirit has come, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. And that's the gift of the Holy Spirit he's talking about. And when he, the Spirit, has come, he's going to lead and guide you into all truth. Because he's going to take my love and show it unto you. Amen? Amen. All right, it's the love of God. All right? Now, while I'm here, let me just go ahead and, and uh, say here in Romans 5, 5. And it talks about hope, and it says, And hope makes not a shame, because the love of God is shed abroad in your hearts by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Let me read that again. And hope maketh not a shame, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. So what's the Holy Ghost's job? To take the love of God and shed it abroad in our hearts. And how does he do that? By revealing the full implications of God's love in Christ. Jesus said, everything the Father has, love, is mine. Therefore, I'm going to give it to you. But you're not going to know it till the Holy Ghost has come. And when he has come, he's going to shed abroad the love of God in your hearts. I think it's 2 Corinthians 5.14. It says, the love of God keeps me from flying apart. It constrains me. The love of God keeps me from flying apart. Say, the love of God keeps me from flying apart. Because we judge this, if one died for all, then all died. And that they that died should no longer live for that old man, but to live for the new man. And therefore, we don't know that old man after the flesh anymore, but we know the new man. So therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a what? New creation. The old is gone and the new has come. It's getting ready to explode. And it's the love of God that's being shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost that he's given us. That's why the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. You know, if it was just a, if you had a full revelation of the love of God right now, it'd blow you apart. You couldn't handle it. It's so big. It's so good. And see, what have we what have we done with that? Let's look. So walk in that love, as Christ also has loved us and has given Himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling Savior. Walk in love. How do you do that? 
Walking in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Ghost is the one that sheds the love of God abroad in your hearts. So it's a whole new way of, of walking that we need to realize that's by God. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Luke fifteen twenty. When the father saw the son coming, the prodigal son. The word he says, he went and fell upon his neck and embraced him. That word fell is the Greek word. It means to embrace with affection. He kissed him and kept on kissing. The father kissed him and kept on kissing him. He is the word fell means to embrace with affection. In Acts ten forty four, this same word when Peter preached to the Gentiles, the Holy Ghost fell on them that heard the word. The same word, the Holy Ghost fell on them with affection. See, when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, it's not just so you can speak in tongues. It's his affection that he's poured out upon us through his Holy Spirit. It's his affection. In Acts 20, when Paul was preaching to the elders at the church of Ephesus, and he was telling them, After my departure shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. And even of your own selves, elders, you're going to raise up. You're, you're also going to go astray, leading people after you. But you remember what I've told you all these years. And he says, And you'll not see my face again. And when he said that, it said they all fell on Paul's neck and, and kissed him. How many of you think any of those apostles thought it would be them? Any of those elders thought it would ever be them? But it happened. That's why deception's so deceiving. But they fell on his neck and kissed him to embrace him with affection. The same way the prodigal loves the son, God sends the Holy Spirit to embrace us with his love. See, and he gives us all these gifts of the Holy Spirit. He gives us all his gifts. And why? It's love gifts to us, for us to use for each other. See, there's more to this thing than we really understand. I remember Bob Mumford talking about he pastored a church for a little while, and he said it was a disaster because he had this one lady. He wasn't a pastor. He was more of a teacher and a prophet, and this little lady come in and said, Bob, the devil's been after me all week. And she'd come in next week, the devil's been after me all week. And he finally said, lady, said, you don't have enough spirituality in your life for one wore out demon to bother you, much less the devil. <laughs> Ching, I think his pastorate ended right there. <laughs> you know, there's people that don't need to be pastoring. That's right. You know, it's black and white. Did you get that, Marion? Amen. Oh, me. But he had a young man that came in and said, Pastor, I wish I was a sinner again. And he says, why, son, would you want to be a sinner again? He says, because when I was a sinner, everybody loved me. And now they don't love me anymore because I don't measure up to their expectations. You know what that's called, saints? It's called religion. Remember the song, They Will Know We Are Christians By Our Love? See, that's what, that's what he said. They should. Most of the unbelieving world associates more love from Eastern religion than they do Protestant religion. Let me say that again. Most of the unbelieving world associate more love from the Eastern religion than they do Protestant religion. You notice I didn't use the word Christianity because that's not true. 
I'm talking about religion. You know, Webster said the definition, if you got an old Webster's dictionary, you look up the word religion, and it says returning to bondage, to rebind is what religion does to you. To rebind you with rules and regulations. You know what I, I saw with religion? Religion is always looking towards sin. Religion hates sin. So it sets up rules and regulations for you to constantly be sin conscious so you can battle sin and stop sinning. Religion hates sin. So it has to set up rules and regulations to deal with sin. But what does grace consciousness do? It keeps you what? With great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of Jesus Christ and great grace was upon them. You know what it says in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 9? It says because Jesus loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore God even our God has anointed him with the oil of gladness above his fellows. Now here it is. First thing you're to do is love righteousness. You can despise and hate iniquity. But don't focus on hating iniquity. That's rules. That's religion. Focus on loving righteousness. Because when he, the spirit of of truth, has come, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and judgment. Of sin because they believe not on him. The sin of unbelief. Of righteousness because I go to the Father and you see me no more. The Holy Spirit's job in your life is not to convict you of sin. It's to convict you that you are righteous. Come on now, don't shout me down. Sometimes it's hard to do when every time you turn around, somebody's telling you how sinful you are and how bad you are. The accuser of the brethren is always right there knocking on your shoulders, pointing out all your little things you're doing wrong. Is anybody out there? But the Holy Spirit's there convicting you. Not convicting you, but convincing you is that word. It's not convict. That Greek word there means to convince you that you're righteous. And of judgment... And he's trying to tell you because the prince of this world has already been judged. The Holy Ghost is here trying to convince you that the devil has already been defeated. He is a defeated foe. That's what the Holy Spirit's job is, to show us clearly what's going on here. Returning to bondage. Religion is more about hating sin than it is of what? Enjoying righteousness. Grace leads you into righteousness. Colossians 3.12 says, Put on therefore as elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and longsuffering. And verse 13 and 14, And above all these things, say above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfectness or maturity. Put on what? Love. 1 Corinthians 13, what's that you love chapter? We won't read the thing, but go back and read it sometime. See what all love does or doesn't do. See what love doesn't do. Doesn't keep accounts of wrongs done to it. Put on love. You know why? Because that's Christ. And when you do that, the peace of God that passes all understandings will keep your heart and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. 1 John 1.11 says, For this is the message that you heard from him from the beginning, that we should love one another. Now, I don't have it there, but I think it goes on, not as that wicked one or Cain 
slew his brother because he was of the evil one and his brother was good. Hmm. What do you think about all that? Cain was of the wicked one and his brother was the righteous one. For this is a message that she heard from the beginning that we should love one another as Christ loved us. The good news begins, begins in John three sixteen. For God so what? Loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that he that believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. First John three sixteen, gets the first John three sixteen, said if he laid his life down for us, we ought to lay down our lives for one another. There's your second three sixteen. If he did it, we need to do it for each other. We're living in a world where it says the love of money is the root of all evil. You know, most of the stuff you see going on in everywhere, if you'll just trace it all back down to the roots, it goes back to money. It, it usually always goes back to money somewhere. It's the love of money. But he says to that, O man of God, flee these things, but follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, and love, and patience, and meekness. And then fight the good fight of faith and lay hold of eternal life. And faith only works by what? Galatians 5, 6. Faith only works by what? Love. God's agape love. You know agape gives expecting nothing in return. Pure agape is, is something that we really can't touch. But agapeo is the one that's it's just one number apart. We love because he first loved us. The Holy Ghost shed abroad the love of God in our hearts, and then we can agapeo it out, God's love out. It can't originate with you. It only passed through you. And it changes into a little different form. When Jesus said to Peter, Peter, do you, do you agapeo me? He, yeah, you know that I, I love you. Peter, do you really agape me? You know all things. You know that I love you. He said, feed my sheep, feed my lambs, feed my little ones. And then the last thing he said, Peter, do you love me? He said, are you really fond of me, Peter? Do you really like me? That's that different word, agape, agapeo, and phileo. Phileo, you, do you really think much of me, Peter? You know I do. So there's three words for the word love. So sometimes it helps you to look up, see which one you're looking at. Say they have different meanings. But what? They all come from one source. It's God's love. First Thessalonians four nine, I thought that's pretty neat that Paul wrote to the Thessalonians said, But as touching brotherly love, brethren, you need not that I write unto you. For ye you yourselves are taught of God. Taught of the Holy Ghost. Where did you get that? The anointing teaches you all things, and anointing of the Holy Spirit comes to, sh to shed the love of God abroad in their hearts. And he says that uh, as touching brotherly love, you need not that I write to you, for you yourselves are taught of God to love one another. That comes from the Holy Ghost in their life. First John 3, 1, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. What manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called his children, children of love. You see how the exchange, I don't know about you folks, but when I understood the exchange, all these scriptures fell in place. 
Because I tried to do all of that in the old nature, the old mindset, trying to become all these things the Scripture says that we are, and it didn't fit. It always left me knowing I had to do something else to get there. But when you get the revelation of the exchange life and the grace of God, then you realize you do these things because of who you are. And he's done it for you. It is finished. He, he did it for us so we could do it. 1 John 4, 9, In this was manifested the love of God toward us. In this was manifesting. Herein is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his only son to the, be the perpetuation for our sins. And not for ours only, but the sins of the whole world. We've been talking about it in, in pastors' groups. Hell is full of people that's been forgiven. But they never received it. He poured out his love on all of us so we could all be saved. God is not willing that what? Any should perish. But all should come to repentance, which is what? To change the way you think. How do you change the way you think? Exchange. Because the natural mind is not subject to God and neither can it be. But we have the mind of Christ. Where did we get it? He gave it to us. We live by the life of another, by the mind of another, by the faith of another, by another. It's all about what he's done for us. In this are the children of God manifested and the children of devil. 1 John 3.10. In this is manifested. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not righteous. And isn't this interesting? Neither is he that loves not his brother. Pretty good indication. 1 John 3.14, we know we pass from death into life. Why? Because we love the brethren. He that loved not his brother abides in death. 1 Thessalonians 3.12 says, The Lord make you to increase and abound in love one towards another. So I want to see something here. You can have a little, but God's going to make you increase and abound in that. It's grace for more grace. It's grace upon grace. It's grace in exchange of grace. And the Lord can give you grace to love, but he can expound and, and expand that grace and ability to love. The Lord make you increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men, even as we do toward you. You know, it's easy to love your brethren. But it's hard sometimes when we listen to the news and we see what somebody's done to little kids. Or we listen to Al-Qaeda and we see all this stuff and all of a sudden, me and Alan get to talking and we say, God, just kill them all. You just kill them all. And you sort them out. But what does he say? Love your enemies. Pray for those that despitefully use you and persecute you. That you may be children of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his reign to come on the good and the, un the unjust and the unjust alike. So that you may be like your Father in heaven. You know, sometimes I find my thinking's not like my Father in Heaven. I'm glad I'm not God. Are you out there? Sometimes I don't love my enemies quite like He does. Father, we just lift up all the families of these little children and all the people that's lost people there. Lord, you're the one that you're the only one that can comfort those in need. 
And Lord, we ask your Holy Spirit would just go and shed your love of God abroad in their hearts today and strengthen and encourage them. And Lord, you're the only one that can. There's no one that can help in this time of need. But you can. And Lord, we ask that the throne of grace would just be open and expanded towards all them that they can receive of your goodness and your mercy. And Lord, we just, we just pray and lift up the, that whole situation. And Lord, we know that the thief is coming to steal, kill, and destroy every time he gets the opportunity. But Lord, we're not going to focus on what the thief's doing. We're going to focus on what you're doing. And you've come that we might have life and have it abundantly. So Father, we choose to focus on your life and not on death. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. 1 Peter 1.22 says, Seeing that you have purified your souls. How do you purify your souls? In obeying the truth through the Spirit. The unfeigned love of the brethren. What kind of love? Unfeigned. What does that really mean? Sincere? It means sincere. The sincere love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. So how are you going to do that with a pure heart? Catch it. It's not in my notes, but being born again, not of a corruptible seed, but an incorruptible seed by the word of God that lives and abides forever. The only way we can do that is exchange. A new heart will I give you. And it's a heart of God's love. That's how we can do that because it's coming from an incorruptible seed. And we can do it with a pure heart fervently. Because the old heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. There's nothing good in it. Neither can there be. Thank God that we have a new one. Luke 10, Master, what shall I do that I might inherit eternal life? And he says, what does the law say? Love God, love your neighbor. If you can do these things, even under the law, you will live. John the Apostle was called the Apostle of Love, wasn't he? You know, he was always there. I think of that song so many times when, when uh, we used to sing it. Who was it that wrote it? Let me lean upon your breast. Doug Creel. Let me lean upon your breast. Let me listen to each heartbeat. Let me stay and not depart. Let me learn about your heart. See, God gives us a heart to learn about his heart so we can know his heart. John was called the apostle of love. But you know what? He wasn't always that way. In Mark chapter 9, him and his brother was walking along to Samaria because they went to prepare the way for the, Jesus to come and Samaria wouldn't receive them so they got back to Jesus and said I think it was me and you Alan they said God let's just would you just let us call down fire and we'll take care of them we'll destroy all of them since they're not going to receive you and Jesus said John you don't know what spirit you're of I didn't come to destroy men's lives souls is that word but I came to save their souls I wonder what happened to him at that very moment when he realized that he was operating in another spirit. See, I'm going to tell you, just because you're an apostle of don't mean that that other thing's not working there. The wheat and the tare grow up together. The goat and the sheep grow up together. But a goat can never be a sheep and a tare can never be a wheat. So don't get all bent out of shape when you see a little tare sticking up its head or a goat sticking up its head. 
Just kick it in the butt. I mean, get that thing out of there. When it says, cast out the bondwoman and her son. How many of you know we all have a bondwoman and her son living within us? It's there. And it's going to be there until that day when he, the harvest comes and he'll separate it. He said, let them grow together until the harvest. And then they'll be separated. See? It's coming. But in the meantime, learn to abide in him. We abide in his love. John 15. We won't read that. Just call down fire and consume them all. Amen? Do you know what's interesting about Samaria? It wasn't the end. It says, Then Philip went down to Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the people gave heed to the things that Philip spake, heard and seen the miracles that he did. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many that was possessed, and many that was taken with palsies and lame were healed. And they sent the, holy, the apostles down to pray for them, for the Holy Ghost wasn't yet given. And there was great joy in that city. You know what? Just because they wouldn't receive him on his way to the cross didn't mean that he forgot them. What's that called? It holds no accounts. Love holds no accounts of an evil done to it. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord. Help us, Jesus. You know what they call the Samaritans? Dogs. You remember when Jesus said it's not right to take the children's bread and give it to dogs? That was the common thing among them at those, those days. Yep. Yes, Master. But even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the Master's table. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for your love. And we just ask you to help us in these days, Lord, that not get so caught up in all the Christmas buying and all the, the worldly part that's going on here there. We don't take time to just thank you for the most wonderful gift that we've all been given. This is Christmas. It is about Christ and it is about Jesus. Let us, Lord, hold to that name that's above every name. And, Lord, and to, to, to contend for the faith that was delivered to us. And, Lord, we're living in a world where they're trying to take everything out that has to do with Christ and his redemption power. And, Lord, we thank you for, for the power to stand in these evil days, and we just give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. You are dismissed.